You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Abdacha, Austin, Shotaki Zabir. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. Unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It would be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that if you are in the United States, which a, about a quarter of the listeners are, uh, hope you enjoyed your Labor Day. Hopefully you didn't have to go to work, although some people simply do, and that's just kind of how it works. But uh, I am recording this on Labor Day and I think I am safe uh, to record this intro. Now I've been putting it off because um, Saints have been doing some business. They've been loaning out a ton of players over the past couple of days. But I think uh, with Lamina having just been announced at Galatasaray about two minutes ago, I should be safe in doing this now. But at the time that I recorded this week's episode with Rob Maddox, uh, who you can find on Twitter at James Lord Prowse or on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore Uh, None of that had happened yet, so we don't talk about it. Uh, What we do talk about is the match against Fulham and being drawn against Pompey in the next round of the Carabao Cup and also the point at home against Manchester United and what that looks like. So um, there's a bunch to cover. Uh, We do that with him. Rob spent the majority of his summer in the United States, and so we talk a little bit about that as well. Overall, it was just really nice to be able to catch up with him again after not having talked to him for some time. So As I mentioned, Rob and I don't talk about the loans or the outgoings, transfers, but if you're looking for that stuff, you can check out uh, the partner page of this show, the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and there you will have all of the updates you will need, uh, get you all up to date with everything that has happened at the club uh, up up to now. So uh, you can do that, and that is great. But for now, we're going to jump into my conversation with Rob Maddox. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse and at Rob Maddox underscore on Instagram. All right, we'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Rob Maddox. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse and on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. And Rob, you've been on uh, quite a journey over the past couple of months, and uh, it's nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you, Matt. It's, uh, it's good to be back uh, in the country and back on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, you wound up me actually being in the United States there for, for most of the summer, and uh, yeah. you were halfway between me and you, if, that's, uh, if you can believe that. Yeah, I was uh, in northern Pennsylvania, uh, near Allentown, about two hours outside of Philadelphia. So I was in, yeah, I was in a good spot, nowhere near the West Coast, though. No, I, no. um, I mean, as somebody who grew up in, in and around or near Southampton and then coming over to the United States, like, I guess, was, I guess when you picture the United States, is that what you thought it was going to be like or was it uh, slightly different? Um, I mean, it was, um, I went, when I, I've been to Florida a few times and that, that was nice, but it's a completely, it's, it's completely different to um actually down in florida i mean 
it's it's it reminds me of home, but it's a lot more spaced out. There isn't there isn't that much. I mean, where I was, I was in kind of Hickville, so there wasn't a lot around. So you kind of have to concentrate a bit. But uh, no, it was it was it was nice. Uh, the, the, some of the people were really good. Obviously, there was a few people to avoid, but yeah. it was it was nice enough. Yeah, it was it was good. Did you uh, did you run into any Amish people? I didn't, but I did uh, I did run into a few uh, hicks with guns in the back of their cars. Nice, which is interesting. But yeah. That's a different experience. For sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't find that in South England. No, <laughs> no, no, nor, nor do you find it where I live in California. Uh, yeah. parts of me East, uh, yes, but not, not where I live. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I'm not sure people realize like, I mean, I'm sure people realize, but I'm not sure they, it's, it, they comprehend like the United States is so big and so vast and so different that like one spot where you are is, is, could be night and day different from, from somewhere else. And you, you had some of that contrast being in, Northern Pennsylvania and down in Florida. Uh, and then you also had the chance to visit some other cities, I think after you were, after you were done kind yeah. of working, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went up and down the East coast. So I went Philly, New York, Boston and DC and they're all good in their own different ways. I, I mean, personally, I really like DC cause I thought it was, it, DC reminded me a bit more of home and the fact there was like no more, there was not a lot of skyscrapers. It was very based on history and stuff. Whereas New York, you got the hustle and bustle. It's nowhere else you can compare it to. But it is amazing. Like everything you see in photos and videos is there, and it's it's as good as it looks. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Washington D.C. is is pretty it's pretty unique, pretty amazing. And I mean, you were there at a time when it was probably just super super hot and humid. But uh, yeah, it, it, it is an amazing city. And yeah, New York is is as fast paced as everybody makes it out to be, which is hard to hard to deal with sometimes if you're not if you're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, getting on the from everything from just get, trying to get breakfast or getting on the subway, it's everyone is everywhere, and you're bumping into people, and it's very hard to find a place that's quite quiet. Yeah. So you have to go quite far in the Central Park, but no, it is it is good in its own way. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, it's a bit like Central London. Times up by ten, and you'd probably get to the hustle and bustle in New York. Okay. All right. Uh, now. I know in the past, uh, you know, especially on your Instagram, you like to post photos and stuff. Did you get any did you get any photos that you'd be working on to to post up there from from your trip? Yeah, so I um, I went. I was lucky enough to go on a helicopter ride uh, around Manhattan, which was really cool. So I set off in New Jersey, um, got on a helicopter, and went around Manhattan. Um, it's a special kind of trip where they take the doors off the plane, so your feet are dangling out. Oh my um, gosh! It was the one of the best things I've ever done. It was absolutely insane. Um, I also went up to the top of Rockefeller get a nice view of the Empire State, the World World Trade Center, which was good. Um, but yeah, I'm planning to post a few more things on there soon. Right. But it was, it was just, yeah, it was an experience and a half. It was great. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm always, I always worry that sometimes people come here and they have a bad experience. It's like, well, never going back there again. It's like, man, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot to, there's a lot to see. And yeah, I mean, especially it, East Coast, everything's a lot, more, a lot closer together. Um, places are a lot easier to get to in terms of like just, just space, between between them but like out in like where i live like next summer we're gonna make this drive up to to see my uncle i put his new house in idaho and it's like mm -hmm. it's gonna take us two days to get there it's gonna take wow. us it's gonna take us more than a day just to get out of california like just driving north which is like yeah you know you're talking you know 15 hours in the car one way uh oh, just to get out of california or just to get to like the place we're gonna stop the first night uh um, yeah. which is which is nuts but it is what it is man like it, it's uh it's it's it's, it's amazing so uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. 
yeah, it was fantastic. I think I'm going again next year. Uh, I'll have to see what happens in the space before that. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to go back out there and do a few more things. Yeah, because I mean, for people that don't know, you were working at a, at a camp, right? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, doing, well, I went for a company called Camp America. So it was like an exchange, um, a cultural exchange kind of thing. So looking after kids for three months. Uh, it was good. I mean, it's definitely worth doing. Um, it's an easy way to go traveling afterwards because you get paid while you're out there. So it, you get the good stuff to put on your CV while you're at the camp. You get to meet people at camp and stuff. But then afterwards, you, know, you got the funds to be able to travel for a bit. So I traveled for about a week and a half, two weeks, which in my opinion, with the hustle and bustle of the country, it was the right amount of time. I probably couldn't do anything, anything more than that. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot to see, but if you cut it up into different days, you can just get it done. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, man, I'm super glad you enjoyed it. And hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll do it again. And hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully you got a few kids calling it football instead of soccer at this point. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure that was the number one thing I stamped down and it worked. So I mean, here yeah. for cultural exchange, this is what you'll call it. That's what the power you tell roll. And then, I mean, you, your timing is impeccable because when you went back, you landed and basically went uh, straight to Fulham, right? Yeah. So I landed on the morning of the 27th. So I set off from New York in the evening of, of the 26th. Landed on the 27th, which was on Tuesday, and the Saints were playing Fulham away. I'd uh, pre I'd pre-booked tickets for it because I, I changed my flight to the 27th, and then the draw came out, and, and we were playing Fulham away. So I was thinking, perfect. I'll spend the day in Hammersmith and go to the game. With my dad uh, ended up doing that, which was which was sick. I mean, if you were there at the match, um, you know, we had, had a little bit of bustle with the stewards trying to get everyone to sit down, but. Uh, no, the game the game was good. It was the perfect way to get back into the country. I mean, it was doing the number one thing I like to do and go and watch football. Yeah. It was great to come back to that when I hadn't done it for a long time. It was really good. Oh, yeah, because you were kind of stuck here in the camp. You couldn't really get out and go weekend away and go watch no. anybody. And plus, I think where you are, there was nobody really around, I don't think. No, we actually, we, I don't know, you trying to think of the nearest team. Maybe, Maybe Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. They're, 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 That's they're, it, yeah, the Union. And then uh, maybe Columbus, depending on where exactly you were. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, not not great. And definitely not uh, where Josh Sims is at in New York, because that's actually in New Jersey, where you had to go uh, yeah. eventually to yeah. take off and do that helicopter ride. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have been, been nice to see him, but I don't think he... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, he would have been out by then. But it was, I mean... I think they're going to, if they're playing him in right back every week, they're going to utilize him wrong. He's not going to have the greatest time if they keep on playing him there, I don't think. We'll have to see how it goes. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but it'll be it'll be tough for them to to get all the way through, especially the Union are playing really, really well right now. And yeah. they're going to have to meet them in the playoffs at some point. So uh, that'll be interesting. That, but we'll see. And, and somebody's going to have to meet LAFC, who haven't been great in the playoffs. They, they tend to win the league in terms of points and then uh, crash out of the playoffs. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it all goes. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's that's the Sunday afternoon. It'll be on the TV, hopefully. Uh, I'll <laughs> watch something uh, while I'm editing this. But um, yeah, I mean, so uh, the Fulham match. I mean, first time back in back in the ground for a while. Uh, I mean, have you have you been to to Craven Cottage before or no? No, I hadn't. It was on the hit list because it's a it's a completely different stadium. It's very old, yeah. uh, and you can tell it's old the way it's set out. You know, they got the cottage in the corner and everything. Um, the stadium for me was a bit weird. They had a whole stand um, with all the seats ripped out on the left of us. Mm-hmm. So that meant there was no, there's the Fulham fans, there was zero atmosphere at the game. So the fans who were next to us on the right-hand side, they were, I didn't hear one chant for them at all. 
it was it was pretty dreadful. Um, our fans were really good. I mean, I thought that we we turned out really well for a game that's on a Tuesday night yeah. um, in London. I thought everyone turned out really, really good. Um, but yeah, the Fulham fans, they didn't really have anything, and they kind of showed on the pitch uh, just because their, their team first half were playing really, really well and really putting us against the pressure. Yeah. I mean, the first couple minutes, uh, we had a free kick. Uh, I, think, I think it was um, Bobby Reid. Uh, he, he hit the bar and then McCarthy had to make a really good save. And they, they probably should have scored in the first half with the chances they had. And that might have killed the game for us. We don't know. But um, the second half, completely different story. We really should have scored more. Really should have scored more. And it, again, it was a shame with, with the injuries that came out with Oberfemi and Redmond. Thankfully, Oberfemi's clear, but the Redmond injury was a bad one. Yeah, yeah. and so I was able to listen to the first half and then I had to go uh, pretend to teach. Um, yeah, so that's my job. But so I, I was, I had the score kind of in the corner and I saw a score and I thought, okay, like, because the first half from what it sounded like on the radio, it sounded like we were just lucky to get out of there with it being nil nil. Cool. And we didn't sound like we were playing very well. And, didn't um, have any, any chances and we had no chances. And then, and then it's all different once we get to the, to the second half, but I, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to, you know, catch, catch most of it, but uh, I saw the goal and I thought it looked pretty good. And, um, but but the injury to Redmond, I mean, when it when it happened, did it look pretty bad right right when it happened? And then I mean, how long was he I mean, down and all that stuff? He was down for for a while. I mean, you should have seen how fast the medical staff were on to get there. They obviously knew it was serious by the way he went down, and he did go down really bad. He was instantly clutching his his leg. I think it was his foot that he's injured, mm-hmm. um, and his hands in the air. And you could see it on his face that he was he was in, in a lot of pain. Um, and he got he got kind of taken out. Um, I think it was just outside the 18 yard box on his way to goal. And yeah, he got side down. It was a shame when he had to come off. That's for sure. It was a big, big shame because he was playing exceptionally well. And I think if we had him against United, we would have started, stood a bit more of a chance um, in terms of getting three points out of the game. Obviously we'll get onto that later, but uh, yeah, he, it was obvious that he'd hurt something bad and we were all hoping in the stand um, that it wasn't that serious, but the same thing could have happened to Bufal. I mean, Bufal was in on goal. And as a tactical challenge, and you know, it was pretty disgusting. The guy, don't know his name, came down the back of him, and his studs went down the back of his leg. Uh-huh. When Buffal was thrown goal, somehow it wasn't a red card, which I don't know how. But um, that it, he could have got injured, and but yeah, it was it was bad from Redmond, definitely bad. Huh. Well, I mean, it's it's super disappointing because he has kind of put in so much work over the mm. past couple of seasons, and and I think he's gone from being somewhat like a young guy who we kind of you know, ha- thought had a lot of talent and had a lot of uh, kind of opportunity to mm. someone who was underperforming to someone who had come back and was stronger. And then someone who I think now we were looking to as being almost like a, like you're the man here, you know, between you and, is, yeah. and Ings. And then, and then for this to happen, it just seems just so unfortunate, you know? And, yeah, and I, I definitely. was legitimately worried kind of going into the weekend of what, what it was going to look like. And it was probably always going to be the case for, for Buffal to come in, but that, they're not the same player, you know? Um, no, no way. And so, I don't know. I was, I was a little bit worried and, and uh, I don't know, but we'll, we'll kind of get into that. But yeah. um, I mean, of course we wound up getting through the full match. I mean, is there anything else that you think stands out that needs, needs mentioning there? I mean, we had the, we had the injuries to Janapo, Obafemi and Redmond, right? Um, yeah. And then I mean, with, with, with that lineup, we should have scored, we should have scored a lot more goals. Sure. I mean, it's not like we didn't have the chances. I mean, Romeo found himself in the 18 yard box, one-on-one versus the keeper. The keeper made a good save, 
but Romeo's shot wasn't that good. And the same happened to Ings a few times. He was through on goal. He was clear. Take it around a few defenders. And he couldn't finish. And he had about three or, three or four of these chances where he just couldn't finish the ball. And it was getting to the stage where you're thinking, if Fulham get a goal back in this, I don't see us scoring again. So it was interesting. Yeah. But we need to be more clinical. We saw it against Liverpool. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid, but we saw it against this, this kind of weak Fulham squad. And you can't have that going into the run of fixtures that we have. No. Definitely not. Now, I would like to be super critical of these guys not being able to finish, but I was telling you before, uh, yesterday, yeah. Yeah. I hit both posts yeah. and, and a keeper three times. Uh, one of them <laughs> in the face uh, in our tournament did not score. So I can't, <laughs> I have no room chat. to talk. Um, yeah, you can't chat, yeah. yeah, so even even the guys on the team were like, you know, we'd like you to score, but like, I just think you should pass the ball. And I was like, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, another pain. So uh, there you go. But uh, we get through the Fulham match, and then of course, uh, while I was I was teaching, I you know uh, I I looked at Twitter between classes, and all of a sudden Twitter had gone absolutely nuts because uh, the yeah, draw had come out. Mental. And yeah, then this crazy. is, I mean, this is what everybody wanted, and and I don't know, like what had it were you following along or you watching the draw live when it happened and tell me tell me kind of how you I found out the news unfortunately i wasn't watching it live i kind of same thing happened to you i um i was checking twitter and i saw that because I, I was on the ride home i was on the drive home from from london at this point oh, that's right okay and i, I kind of just woken up from a nap so i was absolutely shattered from jet lag mm-hmm. and i saw that we draw portsmouth and i was absolutely buzzing i couldn't believe it um Honestly, I can't wait for that match. I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good game, and I kind of like how it's away from home. Kind of, then there'd be no excuses because if we beat them, they could be like, "Oh yeah, we were away at way at home that year." If you're at Fratton Park, we would have smacked you. But right, I'm I'm very looking forward to it. It's going to be an interesting one. But to any Saints fan that goes down that day, please be safe. Don't do anything, you know, to make the club look stupid at all. Yeah, I'd say because obviously it's Pompey. We want to. Yeah, there, there might there might be a few a few fights, but if you're just sensible, make I mean the club release a statement. Just make sure you're safe. You know, I don't know, especially yeah. if there's kids there. You know. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, I'm buzzing for it. I mean, so so what do you think the the makeup of the fans that'll go down there is like? Because it's probably be season ticket holders only, I imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah. And then I mean, is this is this the kind of match you take kids to? Like, if you and your uh, <laughs> if you and your twelve year old are, are season ticket holders, did your does your twelve year old go to this? Is this the opportunity <laughs> to go, or do you go like, sorry, dude, you got to stay home because it's a night game away from home? Like, this is not great. I mean, if it was at St Mary's, I'd say probably yeah. If you're in the family stand, wouldn't recommend going to the northern. Um, but I'd say because it's away, um, it will be season ticket holders only, and it will probably be season ticket holders only plus how many away games you've been to. Sure. Or, how many of these important games you've been to, maybe top six clubs. It will all be based on how much money you've spent following the club, um, in my opinion. There's okay. no way, in my opinion, that it will go to like official members or general. It will right. definitely it will sell out probably within two hours. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. I mean, yeah. we know it will be a sellout, but um, they might do this bubble bus thing that they did last time we went there where every single fan got, had to get put on a bus um, no one was allowed to walk to the stadium. Uh, every fan had to get put on a bus, dropped outside the stadium, forced in. Then they had to be waited after the final whistle, um, get back out, put on these buses, and then sent sent straight back. There will no way be um, anyone be, probably being allowed to walk to the match if they're going to be doing that. So that's another thing to be careful of. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a fantastic game to watch. It'll be a feisty one because it's been seven years. 
and we want we want revenge on these guys. Obviously, it's yeah. a big derby, and it will be a chance for us to show Bournemouth and Brighton who think they have rivals who, rivalries with us. Right. What an actual rivalry looks like on the south coast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, I think the last time we played them, I wasn't following the club yet, so like, it's been mm. that long, and mm. and so yeah. this is this is you know this is all I've heard about. Uh, I guess kind of like Rob, like you know, this is the big one, and this is what we want. <laughs> And yeah, please, please put our strongest 11. Please. Yeah, he has to, right? Like it's got to, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the, we play Spurs after that, but that, but whatever, like yeah, <laughs> you I have to win this care. one. Yeah, yeah. Win this one. So it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be super interesting. And it, especially we played Bournemouth, uh, just, just, you know, the couple of days before. So it's kind of a yeah. weird, a weird run of fixtures because you have the non-Darby and then you have the actual Darby and then we'll, we'll see how it all kind of goes. So, I mean, I, I think, I think, um, Redmond, with his injury, I think he'll be back for the for the Pompey game, but I, I think he'll start as a sub, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because he said he would be out for, I think, three to four weeks, uh, maybe five weeks at max. Um, so if his recovery is good, he's doing good, I think he'll get to start as a sub. I don't see him starting, but it'll be interesting. And it, it gives a chance for um, Lundaloo to get back in, uh, to get, well, into the squad. Yeah. The under-23s, that gives him a little opening. Yeah, I mean, and I'm trying to think... I- uh, he was on the on the bench yesterday, and I, I just think circumstances, uh, you know, relating to uh, a certain center back playing left back, uh, yeah, you know, prevented Lindelof from coming on, um, maybe because I don't know. I think that I think that's potentially what happened, but um, yeah, maybe. So I, I guess that's a pretty good transition into into yesterday's match against United, because uh, of course, uh, as Ralph said, we you know. I think uh, there was a there was a, a Portsmouth uh, paper, some website or Twitter, something who kind of totally misconstrued what Ralph said about the about the match, like it wasn't a big deal or something like that. And that's just not. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, the journalism is as bad as their team, so it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so true. It's yeah, and, and it, I, I'll be honest. At thirty four, it's like I I would love to engage with this, but I just don't. Like it's just not worth it. Like you you're yeah, gonna believe what you want to believe. It's just not. I don't need all that. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, it kind of going into uh, into United because that's probably where our focus should have been is on the league. We still we want to ma- make sure that we're going into the international break with some sort of momentum and and not being kind of sitting bottom of the table and having that. And that's just not what we. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be be Watford right now. That's no, for sure. no, and, yeah, especially. I mean, that club has gone from being terrible and switching managers every four and a half months. It seemed like to being kind of a, a surprise and people being super happy with it, and now. They're just not winning, and you don't know what they're going to do with their with their manager or anything else. But hopefully, if he doesn't pick up points, he'll be gone four games after the international break, probably just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 weird to see them kind of fall off the way they did because mm, they were is, they, yeah. they were decent last year, you know. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they were very good. Um, we were lucky not to beat them. At, well, I, yeah, we say that, but we were lucky not to beat them. I mean, they had to score in the final minute. Uh huh. That match to be us, uh, well, to draw us for sides. And the year before, yeah, I think it was the, uh, the the handball goal. You know that they didn't get called on. Oh God, yeah. You know, that was so awful. they're not my favorite team to play, but uh, no, I, I, I would have expected them to be better this year. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I, I guess getting into United because uh, that's, mm. that's what it is. The, the the team sheet comes out. Uh, yeah, Valerie's on the bench. Uh, so you got Gunn, Cedric, Vestergaard, Bednarak, Danzo. Um, as the kind of the, the defensive and goalkeeper unit. Um, and then in front of them, you have Hoiberg and Romeo. In front of them, Ward-Prowse and Buffal. And then in front of them, Adams and Ings. And 
Mm. Once again, we see, um, you know, uh, Danzo being deployed as a left back with Cedric mm. on the right and Valerie on the bench. And I don't know, like I, the, the team sheet came out at three thirty AM. So I'm not going to lie. I woke up, I looked at it and I went back to bed for another 35 minutes because I just needed blame, more, yeah. more sleep. Yeah. But, um, I mean, what did you make of the team sheet when it, when it was, uh, uh let out to everybody and uh, around you? I mean, so obviously starting off with the keeper gun. Yeah. I'm happy with him starting McCarthy played well against Fulham, but I think gun's still our number one keeper. Let's be honest. Um, having Cedric in the team I wasn't too dismayed with that because uh, against Fulham again Cedric actually played really well he, um, he his tackling isn't that good I think one-on-one he's not a one-on-one defender like wan or something like that but in terms of getting forward and having an act on the game I'd say he does get involved quite a lot personally on his day Valerie is much better right back um, and so I think Cedric was fortunate to get in the team but after yesterday, I think he should be dropped again for Valerie. Uh, he was just not good enough, in my opinion, especially for the first goal. Um, in terms of the rest of the defense, I would like to see Danzo play at centre-back again, even though um, against Fulham, he played really, really well there. When we saw him in his natural position, I thought he was an absolute unit at the back. Uh, but it's, it's going to be hard to drop Bednarek and Bestegard as a pair, uh, just because those guys, they've been playing with each other for over a season now. They yeah. both know each other's games and it's obvious to see that on the pitch obviously they need to step it up but yesterday they were both absolutely fantastic I thought Danto played really well he's young he's going to get a red card every now and then I just, I, it's just going to happen I wouldn't be too too annoyed about that and you could probably do with a rest as well he's probably going to get benched against Sheffield um, but yeah I think it'll be hard to drop best to guard and Bednarek um, but yeah Valerie should come back in Hoiberg and Romeo, what can I say they're just, they're just our number, number one pair at the moment they, they have to stay in the team all, all the time uh, Buffal was right to start I thought he deserved the start he didn't play badly at all I thought he was a good unit Ward-Prowse offered nothing on the right hand side he's just if you play him in a winger position that's not where he's best I remember I think it was Mark Hughes or Pellegrino Puel even playing him in that position a lot when we used to play 4-2-3-1 uh-huh. and he was just dreadful um, he doesn't have the pace to be players he doesn't have the trickery um, and I, I mean if, if DeGenepo was fit I could easily see him playing ahead of Prowsey for that game. Mm-hmm. Uh is more utilized. We saw it last year in a midfield three where he was very, very good and picked up a lot of goals. Uh-huh. But put, put, put him in, putting him up further up the pitch is not where his good position is. Uh, Adams and Ings, they're coming along. It's going to, again, I know we paid a lot of money for Adams, but give him, give him time. I know he played well in preseason, but we can't expect him to score every game or score at all just yet. Obviously, that's his job, but it's, let's be realistic. It's going to take him a while. It took him at least a year at Birmingham to actually come good. And it might he needs still needs to adapt to the league and adapt to his new team. It's only been a few games. Yeah. Just and he, he's not playing badly, he's getting into the right positions. He just needs more confidence in terms of in front of goal. Yeah. And again, Ingsy, you can't really drop him. He's probably our best striker. I mean, so. there there was some talk uh with Adams that it took him I forget what, what show I was listening to, but somebody was talking about it where it it took him a while to find a partnership. He didn't start scoring right away last year even. And then he still went on to score 22 goals. It was just, it, they came in kind of, once he got going, he kind of got on a streak of scoring kind of right in a row mm. and, and, and in a bunch of games in, in, in succession. But it, uh, I mean, it's going to take him time. It, the, the league yeah, is, is completely different. And if you look at the opposition we played against in, in preseason, for the most part, it was not Premier League quality. So no. um, him scoring against against the likes of those teams you would expect that that's probably more what he's used to. So, uh, the game was a lot faster. 
Um, he's got a lot less time and he's not necessarily playing just up front by on his own, you know, or, or even with a, just a strike partner, he's playing out wide a little bit. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a little bit different. So, um, I mean, so getting, getting, I guess, just into the game, I mean, from the start, uh, you know, United do get on the board, uh, just inside 10 minutes, but, uh, yeah. the start was, was, I thought relatively good for us. We were kind of on the front foot. We were pressing forward, um, just straight from the kickoff. There was, uh, you know, I guess four guys lined up on the left-hand side. Ball goes back to to Vestergaard and Benderak, and then a long diagonal. Like it was totally. Yeah, it was, that it was always. Every game. It, we just telegraphed it, but it didn't matter. Uh, yeah. We knew what we were going to do, and then, um, I mean, my my main criticism of Danzo uh, last time we saw him at left back was that he wasn't mm-hmm. kind of supporting uh, our, our offense, our attack enough, and we need no. that in this system. And uh, he was very. He was always going to have a tough day. Uh, I think up against Wambasaka. Uh, but he he was getting forward a little bit more, uh, crossing something to be desired. But once again, he is a center back up there playing play left back. So um, yeah, I just thought it. I mean, he looked. I thought he looked pretty good yesterday uh, up until up until the red card. But um, United coming back the other way, kind of on on the attack on the opposite side, on uh, attacking uh, Cedric's side. Uh, James looked really dangerous. Just they looked like the pace was going to be an issue. Um, yeah. especially with, with Ward Prowse over there uh, and Cedric over there to, to kind of deal with that. Um, mm. And I think that was going to limit kind of what Ward Prowse can do in terms of kind of contributing to the offense if he's got to worry about about the uh, the counterattack, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, when, when I guess looking at United's goal, did was that just a good strike? Do we just have to give it up to him or do <laughs> we have to kind of say, you know, it was a good strike, but we there was something more we could have done kind of defensively. We could have done a lot more. I mean, if you look at the goal, I mean, the strike itself was a great strike. Um, I think Martin Tyler said something really stupid when it went. It was like, uh, those balls, if you if you strike them right, they stay struck or something, which is so stupid. But it was it was a really, really good finish. Um, Gunn, obviously, he has no chance with that. But what, what interests me is if you look at Cedric's positioning throughout that goal, he's turned side on to uh, Daniel James, which means he's obviously going to be anticipating him to run down the wing for him, using um, expecting him to cut inside, yeah. which is pretty stupid because if you look at the goals that he has scored, like Crystal Palace, cuts inside. he's a right fit player. Yeah, he's not confident on his left foot. So if Cedric has done his, done his um, he's been looking at the goals, he should be expecting him to cut in on the right. I mean, James you, you, looked dangerous from the start. You should be giving him the line, right? You should be showing him down yeah. the line. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought the same thing. The only thing I, I thought is maybe he's showing him inside where he's got help. He's got cover from Benrack maybe, but like mm. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily impressed with, uh, with his positioning and his body position on that. Yeah. I mean, he was still half a meter, a meter away from the actual player himself. Um, he should have been rushing at that. I mean, we've seen plenty of players like Benrack run at someone to block the ball, to block a shot. And he, had, he did that last, um, last match against United. But for me, Cedric had to run at James and just put his body in the way. It's obvious that he's going to open up to shoot. Um, and yeah, he struck it really, really well. Gunn had no chance. But for me, that fault is on Cedric's. So that that ball actually got past him. Yeah, it's yeah. I, once again, just slight defensive breakdown. And yeah. And then I, I guess from there on, there wasn't, I guess, a lot going on. Um, I think Danzo got yeah. booked in the twentieth minute. Um, yeah. And I'm not. Sh- I, I think it's a yellow. I think it is. And yeah, and I think I think actually both both tackles were were worthy of a yellow. It was just unfortunate that it that it happened. I think the the second one was needless on his part. Maybe he just got kind of got rushed rushed into trying to make a. I don't know what he was doing actually. I think he just got oh he overcommitted. It was and, pretty stupid. Yeah. yeah, but things happen. Things happen. Um, 
I mean, Gunn didn't get anywhere near that that goal, but mm. I think other than that, like he had a pretty decent game yesterday. I thought I thought yeah, he came yeah. up big with a couple of saves and yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, were you, were you somewhat impressed with 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 his performance there? I thought Gunn, yeah, I thought Gunn played really well. Um, obviously, he had another, another shot from James, which he uh, he parried away, but his save against Greenwood kind of shows you the quality that he has. I mean, it was a good shot. And again, he should be saving shots like that. But it's just the way that his, he anticipated it is really, really good to see. Like he obviously does his research a lot. And um, he is a solid keeper. And I can see him, if we can keep him for a while, he's going to be very, very good for us. He's still very young. And obviously a keeper, you can be a keeper for a very long time. So if we can, if we can keep him for a while, he's going to turn into a very, very good goalkeeper. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I hope he, he. I mean, I think he's going to stick around a while. He's obviously been a the a focus with with Forster going out on loan to to Celtic. That's obviously Gunn is the guy that's going to get the most game time, and now McCarthy's yeah. going to be the keeper for the cup games and stuff like that. So mm. I think that'll be that'll be important for him, and and hopefully he, you know, sticks around. So he's, I mean, yeah, he's still only twenty three years old. So it's it's yeah, it's good. So, um. I don't know. I, the only other real thing I have I have down here is, uh, I mean, we didn't really, I didn't, I don't really think we created that many that many real opportunities in the first half. Uh, no. I know Ings had a shot from distance uh, with almost no angle, um, and, and I was just kind of disappointed a little bit with our crossing. I just didn't think it was very good. I thought their no, balls cool. were going in kind of just not half heartedly, but just with uh, very little accuracy, just it's kind of just hoping it finds somebody in the box. And that's not, I mean, Sunday league level, that's fine. I think you just hope it bounces yeah. off the defender, but for a premier league quality team, you, you would hope you'd be a little bit better than that. Yeah. I mean, obviously we scored off of a cross. So it was one cross that worked, but if you had a look at the way Cedric was crossing, it was too far or it was on the floor. Um, and that really isn't what we want to do. I don't think we had many successful crosses. If we're going to be playing like that a lot, and that is something we're going to have to work on. Danzo had a few opportunities. I think it was in the second half where he crossed and it went miles over everyone and outside the other half of uh, United's box. And there was another one that didn't even make it past the first man. I mean, there was a lot of them that didn't make it past the front two men, which, I mean, if you're crossing into the box, that is what you should be doing. It's, it, it, I don't know. They're professional footballers. They need to up their game if they're getting paid this much and they can't hit the first man. Right. So... But yeah, I think Ralph, it looks like Ralph's trying to concentrate on crossing a lot with the win backs. I mean, it's good to see, but I think if you take Danzo out of it and put Bertrand in there, Bertrand will be able to, to whip it a bit better than he will. Again, because Danzo's a centre-back. Sure, sure. Um, just kind of taking a look at, at some of the shot statistics yesterday. Uh, Rashford wound up with six shots by the end of the game. Uh, James with five. And then after that, it's it's Buffal, Hoiberg, and Ings with three, and then two apiece for Hoiberg and Ings. Yeah. So I mean, that just means Gunn was was busy, you know, and not all those shots yeah, were on target necessarily, but he he was he was definitely um, having to work. And, and and overall, I thought I thought his performance was 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 good. Um, Very good. Who scored gave him a seven point four. Um, nice. Ahead of him on that was was James and Vestergaard, both with the goals, which I think bumps up their their rating quite a bit. So yeah. Um, I mean, going in, going into halftime, I think the, the positives. I thought Danza was good, other than the booking, um, and I thought that that we had a good start and finish to the half. I think the middle kind of uh, portion after after United scored, we kind of lost our way a little bit. We lost a little bit of the the fire and stuff like that. And you can't you can't keep that up all game. It's not it's not physically possible 
uh, to just press, press, press the entire game. But no, it's not. Uh, uh. But going back out into halftime, I was, I was a little bit worried that, uh, you know, as to how the team would respond. And I always am. And I don't know why I, I, I trust Ralph. And I, I think the, the halftime talks are generally good, but I always mm. worry about how we, how we show up again. And um, I don't know. And I was really kind of tired of Mike Dean, to be completely honest. Um, he was, yeah, he, had a, he was very biased towards, towards United last, last game, I thought. I didn't think he was, I mean, he never really shows quality. It was kind of a fun when Vestergaard just booted the ball at him. I thought that was great. <laughs> him straight on the back. It was a nice, it was a nice back pass, if I'm honest. He has a good touch on the back of his shiny head. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, he, I don't like it when he refs us. I think he's always been a poor ref, if I'm honest. I, I mean, I, I used to say that I don't want to complain about referees, but I think it's happened so often now that I don't think I can say that anymore. Um, yeah. But I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with his performance and, I thought, I mean, at one point in the first half, uh, James Rapaz got called for a handball when I was like, well, mm-hmm. he was kind of protecting his face from Ashley Young's foot. Um, yeah. Who, Ashley Young, who I do not like um, at all. I think no, uh, I Ben Stanfield, um, host of the Total Saints podcast, and I both called him a prick several times during <laughs> on Twitter yesterday because it was just... Yeah, he's help. He is, man. Like, it's just terrible. And I, I whatever, I shouldn't, shouldn't be like that, but I, I am. Um, yeah. So I not to like players. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't need to. I don't want to abuse him too much. Um, but definitely calling him a prick yesterday was not the worst thing I did all day. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, leave that story for a different podcast. But um, anyway, um, I mean, I I thought we looked overall just better the second half. Um, mm. I, th- I thought Buffal looked decent even when he came off. Um, yeah. I, if you look at who he was up against, he was up against Juan Bissaka, who is is a, a decent defender, uh, and by mm. decent I mean very good. Uh, so it's always going to be a tough day to 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 kind of have him, and especially when you have Danzo behind you, who's not he's not going to make those overlapping runs. So he's given Juan Bissaka kind of less to 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 worry about in terms of, of uh, defensive duties. But um, shortly after that, Danzo gets sent off, um, and and I thought like watching, it just seemed like he he rushed in to kind of. I don't, I don't know, close the, close the uh, McTominay down, I think. And then kind of just was yeah. out of position and then lunged in and, and that was it. And as soon as he did it, you just go like that, that's it. He's off because there's no way he's getting away with that. And, and I, I was really worried at that point in the game. I thought that was, that was, that was going to be our undoing. Yeah. I mean, he's young. I mean, Ralph came out and said that uh, he's okay with him being sent off because he's a young player and he's willing to put trust in him. And that's exactly what you want to kind of hear. But, um, yeah, I mean, if a player goes past you, it depends whether the centre-back's coming across or not to help you out. If if he isn't, then you're going to have to make a tackle. Or maybe he thought it was a tactical challenge. And you never know, if you didn't make that tackle, they could have went on and scored. We, we don't know that. But as he's a young player, so I could see him getting benched. It's, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I really don't. He's a young player. He played well for the whole game. Um, and, we, and we were able to hold on. I mean, obviously, obviously if they scored, his head would be on a chopping block. Sure. But, but but they didn't. So that's the point. And I don't think it's a big deal because of that. Yeah. And, and like we said, I think he played relatively well before that. It's just, yeah, you know, two, two kind of bad decisions on his part. And, and that's all it takes to, for you to be off. But um, yeah, definitely. And just looking at his average position yesterday, he was playing mostly in the opposition half. He was playing further forward than Cedric even. Um, yeah. Kind of almost even with, with Ward Prowse. Uh, which just shows you how much higher well, we were playing, and and even Buffal was 
uh, pushed fairly far forward on that side. So, um, mm. like decent, decent job, better job, kind of supporting the attack, even if it's not, it's not Ryan Bertrand. But um, we did, we did skip something. I, I don't know how I skipped this because it's you know, the only goal we scored all day. But um, you know, Vestergaard gets his first goal for the club uh, to, mm. to get us level before Danzo gets sent off. Um, and it comes from a corner and it comes from Danzo's Danzo puts the ball back in for the assist. So, uh, I mean, what did you, what did you make of, of that goal? And it's finally nice to see, you know, I think the tallest guy in the league, you know, the crouch is gone to finally yeah. get a goal. I mean, it's about, it's about time. You know, like, like headers, we try to put foot on a plate for him. He just hasn't taken. I mean, every corner you're looking at him and you're thinking, yeah, you know, he can probably beat anyone for a header in this league because of his height. But, um, I think it was, um, it wasn't really a, uh, if you look at it, it was kind of like a Burnley goal and it leaves you a big sure. centre back in a box, lump it up to him. But I mean, it works. A goal's a goal. I think I'm happy for him. He obviously meant a lot to him to get his first goal because he scored a lot in his, in his previous clubs. Um, and it's nice for Danzo to get, to get an assist as well. Uh, but it was, it was exactly what we needed. We needed some kind of, um, you know, the free shithousery. We needed a shithouse goal, really. Um, to, to, to drag us in because if I'm honest I thought United's defence were playing quite well I mean Wan Masaka had, had Buffal on strings pretty much the whole day I thought um, I hate to say it but I thought Young had an okay game um, and, and, and the two centre-backs uh, I thought they played decently obviously Lindelof could not be expected to beat Vestergaard to that header because he just move him out of the way he could pick, he could pick it up pick him up and drag him out of the way yeah. um, obviously De Gea had no chance but it was, it was the perfect thing that we needed we needed something scrappy because it was a scrappy match uh, just to nod it in and give us a chance because you're always in it at 1-0. United did not take their chances. They had 23 crosses and not one of them got on the end of it, especially especially Rashford. So we needed something like that just to, um, just to bring us back in a bit. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you imagine, like, we could have made it more difficult for United had everybody been fit. I mean, you think you put mm. you put Buffal on the right against Young, that changes everything with... with uh, you know, Ward Prowse kind of attacking that side. You give Young a lot more to, to worry about and think about if if either Redmond or even Janapo are, are, are available and, and put them on the left and let them run at Wambasaka and think about Bertrand. But I mean, that's all what ifs because that's just not how that's not how it works. People are never kind of fully healthy. And uh, but I, I just think I think we could have done a little bit more to make it make life a little bit more difficult for them. But um, it is it is Manchester United, even if they're not uh, as strong as they they have been in the past. Um, I, I just thought it was really good to see Vestergaard get up above somebody. Even I think watching it in real time, I thought it was maybe slightly more impressive than it actually was uh, watching it back. Now it's uh it's kind of <laughs> happens all in slow motion and, uh, but yeah. whatever it's, it, it is nice to just see him get up and get above uh, somebody and, and, and head it in. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. But um, I mean, when Danzo went off, how, how worried were you that, that the game was going to change there? because you see it all the time I was just waiting for United to score a goal you, honestly I was watching I was watching the stream and I was I, as like everyone else probably in the stadium was thinking yeah they're going to do something jammy this is Southampton isn't it you know we, we never hold on to these kind of things um, and when Greenwood went close that was that was tough uh, when he'd just come on he looked really bright I thought when Green would come on um, and we didn't really do a good job of keeping the ball that well. I thought I thought we were giving it away a lot. Um, obviously, we only had an outlet of Shane Long, so we could only really clear it for 10 minutes. And then, I can't remember who, I think it was Cedric. When he went off injured, we were down to nine men uh-huh. for the last three minutes. And that was very, very, you know, 
I was shaking quite quite a lot. It was quite nerve wracking. Yeah. But we held on, and that showed really good character to not only get back into the game after being one down, also holding on to that when having to play without, you know, with ten men for fifteen minutes. I thought that was really really good. And that's different because if, if again if we were on, if we were under Mark Hughes or Pellegrino, we, they probably would have scored three against us. Yeah. Even and they weren't playing that well, just because our players would have just given up, and we didn't see that at all. And that was fantastic to see. It was very fresh, very fresh to see. Um, just a, a couple of uh, kind of follow up things on this, like you know, going into the match yesterday, do you take a draw against United at home? Um, if we had Redmond, I reckon we would have won. I'd have been confident that we might be able to push to a win. But I, because we didn't, I'd, I'd happily take taken a point. I mean, we needed a point going into the international break. Anything would have done, especially against a top six club. Sure. Uh, after the game, we always do the, the three-word match summary or the mini-match summary, which I have. Mm. Um, I will freely admit to having stole that from the, uh, the guys at the Fulhamish podcast. Uh, I've tried to hide <laughs> it for a season by, by mixing it up a little bit, but now I've just fully embraced that they have figured this out, and I will, I will piggyback on that. But um, you know, some people <laughs> go with... Uh, you know that we 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 lost points and like we dropped points and and I can see that, but at the same time we played twenty minutes uh, and a little bit more with with ten men. We played some of that with nine men, mm. um, and I think yeah. for me, Danzo getting sent off changes the complexion of the game because I think there was the definitely the opportunity there. Like if at, at the point where Danzo gets sent off, I don't think. United are any more of a threat to score than we are. I think that we're we're just as much in it to win the game as they are, and with with Danzo yeah. getting sent off kind of changes all of that, and so it changes the the, the complexion where I, I no longer was disappointed that we got a point. I was actually kind of I, w- I was I was excited and relieved because at the beginning of the game I would have taken a point. Seeing how the game went in the second half, I thought, well, there's a chance for us to get three, but then Danzo getting sent off kind of goes back to just uh, securing the point is what what needs to happen now. And, and we did that and you could see what it kind of meant to Ralph um, and, and, you know, fans on Twitter will, uh, of other clubs will say what they want. Um, but I mean, it, it shows, shows what they, I think it shows what, what it means to him because he was, it was definitely, you know, it meant something for the team because like you said, we would have, we would have given this up in, in recent years, recent seasons, yeah. we would have folded under that pressure and, and we didn't in front of the home crowd. I mean, if you take it, I mean, a year ago, let's say, let's go back a year. We would have taken a point against United easily. And yeah, we got a point against United, but we would have taken a point against them, against that squad. Obviously, we had a weaker squad last season, different manager, but we would have taken it. So think about it like that. I'm happy with the point. I'd happily take it. And then our fan base, I think at the moment, is being quite, we're kind of expecting too much because of what we were used to last season. So I saw, I saw um, people on Twitter slating Hoiberg yesterday. I mean, they were like, okay, this is the worst I've ever seen him play. He's awful, maybe drop. I saw a few people calling him for him to be dropped, and I'm thinking, you obviously don't follow the team that well if you think that he should be dropped as he's our best player. I mean, if you have a look at the stats that he had, he had, you know, number one completed passes, 15 attacking passes, 11 ball recoveries, six interceptions, two tackles, header clearances were there, and he filled in left back for 15 minutes of the match. Yeah. So if you're calling for our captain to be dropped, you obviously are too negative. And I think that's our fan base at the moment. We're being way too negative, but yeah, fickle. I think, and and, it, and yeah. I think it's it, it's kind of normal. I think it just is what it is, yeah. and, and and you want the expectation to be there. You want to expect the team to do well. I think it's we just have to temper those expectations sometimes and be kind of realistic about it and mm. realize that what I want and what is probably best for the club in the long run. You know, we we want the club to be successful in the long run, but sometimes just having it right now doesn't happen, you know? And 
Yeah, I, I we, keep we're still, we're still a team in development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100% we're still developing. Um, I guess I guess last thing on the on the on the match. Um, mm. there were some you know polls yesterday for for man of the match. I think Romeu has gone kind of under the radar, but had has been very very good uh, so far this season. Gunn yeah. had a big game. Vestergaard also scored the goal. Obviously, um, I, I guess if you had to give man of the match to somebody, who would it be? Uh, for me, it would still be Romeo, just because he was so solid. We would have conceded a lot of goals yesterday if it wasn't for that man. I thought that he's been putting in a shift recently, and he he is getting on a bit, but he's still putting the in the performances, and he he deserves to get man of the match for that game. Yeah, yeah, it's he is. I mean, he's great. I mean, and the only person who had more tackles yeah. than him yesterday was was Juan Basaka, and that's because he had Buffal dribbling at him, who was just going to run at him all day. Yeah, and that's you expect. I mean, more we had more attacking. Uh, more of our attacks came down that side with Buffal running towards Wamasaka. So there's a, a lot of opportunities. And uh, I think if you look at, at, at sometimes Buffal runs himself into a dead end. Um, yeah, but, that happens often. But I mean, people running through the middle of the park, those those inter, those interceptions, those tackles from Romeo are, are going to be crucial. Um, you know, but so yeah, yeah that's what it is. But um, I don't know. Any anything else you wanna you wanna say uh, about the match, or um, you think that, I think we covered it? I'd say I think we show good character and I'd like to see, see us perform like that most weeks. Obviously, we need to be more clinical overall. Strikers need to start scoring proper goals. Um, instead of Danny Ings just running at a, at a goalie and hoping that he kicks it at him. But um, yeah, I think our strikers need, need to start performing. Obviously, it's going to take some time, and but the odd goal would help for their confidence. Uh, but overall, defensively, I thought we played very well. That's starting to, starting to be more solid. Um, but yeah, we're not the finished product. There was still a lot of things missing in that match. Um, obviously, United put out quite a weak team because their team isn't strong at the moment. But I'm I'm happy with how we played. We, we got the point. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when we go in now. Uh, obviously, the the standings mean very little at, at this point. Mm. But I promised I wouldn't look until uh, we got to the international break, and we're basically there now. Other than uh, there are a couple of games to be played today, but uh, it's a recording on Sunday. But we're up to 13th. And and it means very little because there's you know there's one win between us and in the bottom so you know it's it's still early but yes we're, it means nothing yeah. yeah we're there um but now coming up out of the international break obviously we go away to Sheffield United uh then we have Bournemouth at home and then we go to Portsmouth away in the midweek and then Tottenham after that so mm-hmm. um not an easy run of fix- fixtures necessarily uh you know a newly promoted team who will be looking to to you know. Uh, establish themselves uh, uh, the non rivalry or non derby game against Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the bubble bus match midweek against Portsmouth. And then of course you have Tottenham and Chelsea, uh, which, which are going to be difficult. But um, with that said, uh, we have a question from the, in, in that number podcast. Uh, they mm-hmm. are another Southampton podcast. If you haven't listened to them, they are, they're there. They're at number podcast on Twitter. Um, he said, are the injuries, or they said, are the injuries to Redmond, Janapo, and Bertrand and Danzo's suspension going to cause us problems in those matches coming up? Um, definitely. I mean, with the first the first three you mentioned, uh, Redmond obviously is our best player at the moment. Um, I think, yeah, losing him is going to be big because there's no one that can fill his shoes that we have. Obviously, you can give um, an Lundalu, I mean, a, a good game, play him, see how he does. But I think I think Janipo, I think he's back soon. I think he's back for next week because it was only um, um kind of a slight muscle issue. Uh, and Bertrand should be back soon as well. But especially Redmond, I think, yeah, that's going to cause us a lot of problems. I think if he's back for the Pompey game, 
it's going to be interesting whether we play him for that, keep him on the bench, or whether we we don't let him play that, make sure he's recovered good because we'll need him against Spurs. Yeah. yeah. Spurs, Spurs and Chelsea. Um, but I think Danzo was going to get benched anyway next week, so that's not a big deal. But uh, I think to Jennifer, but Bertrand should be back soon. <laughs> I, could, I could be wrong because I because it's two yellows and not just a straight red it's not violent conduct it's just one it's a one match ban right I think so I think it's a one match yeah so he'll be gone for Sheffield maybe he comes back in for for Bournemouth but and, and also yeah. we have the international break now we have you know two weeks essentially before any of those guys have to play again because uh, a lot of them are not going on international duty um, no. I don't think and we'll, we'll there, there'll be a graphic out on that midweek when I have time yeah, to put I think, together. I think but... Jennifer will be going. He'll definitely be on a Mali. Yeah, yeah. As if he's fit, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I think we have the players to fill in. I think Redman is crucial. I think Redman is by far kind of, if he's fit, he's going to play uh, almost all of He's mm-hmm. got to be one of the first names on the team sheet, I think. But, but I think you also have guys like Buffal who can make an impact and Armstrong can come in and, and do it. And, and that's another thing that the guys from the in that number podcast said. He said, "I think whenever you lose a player as important as Redmond, it's going to hurt." But having said that, we have players that can fill in, um, like Buffal and Don't Underestimate Armstrong. And I think like, both of them can do it. I think uh, Janebo can do it. I think we have enough kind of you can shift players around. You can change formation. We obviously we're, we're, we're kind of tactically flexible. Um, you saw mm. Yoshida come in and play left back. We could have gone to a back three. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, and it seems like at times Ralph has, has played the back three and they just not even had fullbacks really. It's Janapo just on, on the left, you know, and just letting people, letting him run. And mm. I think that's, that's also fine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. He's not a good day. Yeah. It'll be interesting to, to kind of see how that goes. Um, we also have a question here from Justin Woodward, uh, who is one of the patrons of the show. Uh, and they have priority for having their questions answered each and every week. In addition to having a private chat and also getting an extra podcast episode per month. Uh, but Justin says, what was Ralph's thinking with putting players out of position in defense last week? And is Danzo the answer to our defensive problems despite his silly red today? So, I mean, does, does it bother you at all that we're, we're insisting on putting Danzo on the left? Or is it just kind of what needs to happen right now because uh, of some of the injuries that we have? And maybe uh, he's not deemed uh, Vokens uh, quite ready to, for, that, for that level of play. I think the idea of Danzo going in to left back in the first match... Um, first match he came in was mainly just to see how he plays. Um, I mean, in, in the second match he played against Fulham, he played centre-back, his you know, natural position, and he looked incredibly good there. After that, I was very impressed. Even though he picked up a yellow card, I still thought he played really, really good. The problem we have now is that Jan Bednarek and Vestergaard are both really finding their feet, I think. I think Vestergaard's improved a lot uh, since the match at Burnley. Yes, it's only been a few games, but from what you've seen, he's kind of matured a bit more. Um, it's going to be very hard to fit Danzo in if we play a four at the back. If we're playing five at the back, he will fit in nicely with the three center with the three center backs because he's quite a fast player. Uh-huh. He'll be he'll be able to cover quite well. Um, I'd say is it's too early to say whether he's the answer to our defensive problems. He's definitely going to help in terms of that, just because the, the kind of player he is. You can obviously see he's got good feet. He's very composed and he's he's tall and strong, um, kind of like a mini Vescaro. <laughs> Because I think Danzo is six three or something, so he's quite tall. He can win head as well, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a bad thing putting him in left back, seeing how he is. I think when Bertrand gets back, I'd rather see Bertrand be playing there as a natural left back. I mean, attacking wise, he'd offer a lot more, and he's okay defensively. 
But um, I'm more worried about Cedric really getting Valerie back in the team instead of him. Yeah, yeah I'd say I'd say Danso is looking looking very good. And if you play him in centre back, if you play five at the back a bit more, he'll fit in very very nicely. Sure, sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, we have a couple more questions here from both Twitter and Instagram. Um, we have one from Southampton News now. It says, "I know it's a tough one to ask, but should Che be dropped? So, do you consider uh, if Remnant comes back fit and everybody's there, um, or even maybe without it, do you consider maybe uh, just pulling him out of the starting lineup for for a game or two just to let him come on as a sub and maybe kind of get his confidence back, or do you think you just keep playing him through it and let him let him find his feet on on the field?" I think that's a very difficult one. Um, I think he should have played against Fulham. Really, um, if you play if you play him against Fulham a weak defence that Fulham do have, he probably would have scored. I mean, I'd like to think so. That would have been really good for his confidence um, because second half, we did really dominate that game. He would have done well. I'd like to see him and, him and Oberfemi play up front together. That, that would have been good to see instead of um, instead of Redders and Ings. Um, yeah, I'd say with Che, it's always a difficult one, but it's going to be the player's preference. Ralph's probably going to talk to him about it. I'd like to hope so. Um Maybe bench him for. I mean, you can play him for Sheffield, but maybe bench him against against some of the clubs we have coming up. Just let him come onto the sub, so he can find his feet into a game, um, save his energy a lot more. Because he's still going to be very, very tired. Because it's a completely different setup he's playing in than at Birmingham. Um, but it's going to be, when he gets our first goal, I'm confident that he's going to be playing a lot better. But I am surprised that we didn't play him in the cup games. I thought that would have been a good time to to, to let him find his feet. Yeah, uh, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take him a while. So which whichever way he's happy with, I'm sure that that will work. And and last one, uh, probably mm. the most serious question we've had all day. Um, it's from <laughs> TT, who's at Marv. Wait for it on Twitter. It says who has the best hair, uh, Vestergaard or Oriole? Um, <laughs> I'm slightly biased on this, uh, yeah. given that I have uh, been shaving my head now for more <laughs> than half my life. But uh, <laughs> what what would you go for? I mean, I would. Mm. It's a hard one, though. I'm not sure I could I could pull off Vestergaard's hair, even if I had it. I'm yeah, not sure I have that that kind of confidence. Um, no, my head's too small. It's <laughs> yeah. It's I I don't know. You got to have my cousin's got super long hair, but he's also uh, very tan and you know does yoga and plays. He's a professional musician. Like he gets to do that. He's just got that that swag. Yeah, he's got the vibe. I don't have that. Um, I'll, I'll probably pull off an Oriole man. I reckon I could. Or, or when he first came to the club, he had a mohawk. That was, that was good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I, uh, actually, my I, my main goal yesterday, we I was in a, playing a tournament, and it was just don't get my head sunburnt, and so it was just like sunscreen on my <laughs> oh, head yeah. all day, that's and that's all good until it gets in your eyes, um, and then you're just running around yeah. kind of blind, uh, which maybe that's my reason for just destroying the keepers instead of the the actual back of the net yesterday. But <laughs> also, I was playing center half, so yeah. that's, that's also there. So. Uh, anyway, um, I have to go with Romeo, even though I I, I truly admire Vestergaard's hair. Yeah, I I couldn't pull off Vestergaard's hair. It's just it's one of a kind. I'd have to go with, go with the Romeo Mohawk. I thought. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Um, all right, man. Well, I, is is there anything else you'd, you'd like to discuss? I mean, we guys are going in, into the international break now. We have a little bit of a some time for guys to get fit. It's time to recover. Come cool. back. We have a tough run of fixtures, and of course, the all important game. Uh, coming up midweek against Portsmouth. I think 
it's going to be difficult for <laughs> if, if the guys aren't focused on it at some point, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be hard because the fans, the fans are all, that's all, that's all we're talking about. That's all we're thinking about. Um, yeah, that's what I, we care about right now. And, and it is Ralph's job to kind of get the guys focused on the Premier League matches, because if you go into that with a kind of a poor mindset or a poor run of form, that's not what you want. You want to be rolling in there confident and just going in there and not underestimate, even though they are, you know, several leagues below us that will just like to, to reinforce that fact. But um, you yeah. have to go in there and, and put out the full strength team, and I think just really show them, let them know uh, where where they stand and where they sit and what the difference is between the two clubs. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, let's be real. We want to win that game. That's I'd rather I'd rather win that game and finish seventeenth and just stay up than probably finish fourteenth. Because if we lose this while we're in the Premier League and we've been boasting about our manager and they're in struggle, well, struggling in League One. It's going to be tough to take. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow. So, focus, please. If, if any of the players, I doubt they listen. If any of the players listen they or see not. this on Twitter, <laughs> no, I, I bet they don't. If they see us on Twitter at all, I just hope that they take it seriously because this is this is our cup final. This is seriously our cup final, and there will be a winner on the night. So it's not like you can say, "Oh, we'll, we'll play for a draw and then smash them up at St Mary's." It's all or nothing for this game. Right, right, so, right. You, you don't really want to go to penalties that night. You know, you no, want it. You want it to no. be done in open play. And, and in regular time and just have it I want to demoralize them to be completely honest oh yeah I want to just smash them into the ground definitely um, and, and we do have a bit of a, a maybe a leg up given that the, the Bournemouth match is on Friday uh, Friday night so it gives us uh, one extra day to kind of recover uh, so hopefully yeah, we're, definitely. we're fit and firing um, for, for the match on I think it's Tuesday so um, mm. I'm sure my boss will not at all mind that I'm not going to be there just for not no reason, but uh, for no reason, yeah. uh, for a big reason for me. He, he obviously will not think it's that important. Um, that's, that's the difference between me and him. So it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> Rob, this is, it's been great to catch up with you. And I'm so glad that you, uh, yeah, it's been really good. I mean, I'm glad you enjoyed your time in the United States. I know we, we kind of kept in contact while you were here and um, just trying Ooh. to follow along and then, it looked like it looked like you enjoyed it, and, and you got to see a part of the country. And I don't know if next year, if you come back over, if you go to the same camp, or if they send you somewhere else. But um, you know, if they send you out west anywhere, let me let me know. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, I'll see, see what happens. I mean, I'd like to. Um, it is a lot of fun. If anyone's planning to do it, you're gonna have a great time. But yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, uh, links to your Twitter profile and your Instagram profile. You are at Rob Maddox underscore on Instagram, and you are at. James Lord Prowse on Twitter. They are in the show notes uh, so people can get in contact with you there if they don't uh, already follow you. But uh, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope to see you soon. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Rob Maddox for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse and on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Um, especially if you're interested in photography, be sure to check out his Instagram. Uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful, uh, I guess, um, catalog of all the places he's been, things he's seen and uh, been able to take photographs of. And there are nice images coming, as we talked about, of his trip to the United States. So uh, special thanks to Rob for uh, joining me again. And a special thanks to you listeners for doing this. Um, I'm happy to say that the month of August uh, was the most popular month that the show has ever had. Um, and that's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It makes me feel good. So thank you to all of you for listening. 
Uh, it really does mean a lot. And thanks for getting in touch with your questions, uh, your comments, and just uh, overall your support of the show. If you'd like to continue to do that, please follow along on social media. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. Um, get in contact, share the show. That always helps a bit. Um, and if you're interested in getting a little bit extra, you can join uh, our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. And there for as little as $2 a month, you get access to a private chat with just me and the rest of the patron members. Uh, you also get priority for having your questions answered each and every week. And if you join the $5 level, you get one extra episode per month. Uh, but really just thanks for listening. That is what means the most. The show has a partner page. You can find them at Southampton page. That's where you should go for all your Southampton FC news and needs. So we didn't talk about the loans on the show, but they covered them on there. So go and check them out. The show logo is done by Matt Beeling, and all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Amish True by Pottington Bear. We'll be back next week, of course, even through the international break. Uh, so be sure to stay in touch. Let us know what you think. And until then, remember that together, we march on.